Hi, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. Erin Caranante from Pingree Athletics, wishing everyone well and hoping you and your families are continuing to stay healthy and safe. Today, you will hear from athletic trainer Steve Spezio, strength and conditioning coach Mike Saracino, and our guest today, director of strength and conditioning and Form 4 Dean Doug Scott, as they talk about topics on nutrition during these unprecedented times. Please enjoy the fourth episode of the Pingree Performance Podcast. All right. Hi, everyone. Uh, Steve here. Mike here. Mike, what's up? Hey, Steve. How are you? Good. How you doing? Living the dream. Excellent. Um, and our guest today, um, Director of Strength and Conditioning at Pingree, uh, Form 4 Dean, Ironman athlete, uh, Coach Doug Scott. Doug, welcome. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having me on, guys. Of course. So our topic today is talking about nutrition. Um, and we've all studied nutrition we've all studied organic chemistry um, especially in relationship to the body's performance uh, going into athletics um, but right now we're in a little bit of a different time uh, where we're also thinking about things like our immune response and our body just uh, just staying healthy right now while we're while we're in isolation um, so we need to start thinking a little bit about how to continue to eat well um, when we may not have as much food availability as we'd like at this time, too. We're talking about nutrition, um, and we're talking about nutrition during these these uh, times that we're in. Um, you want to shift the lens. Um, people eat for various reasons. Um, it's not just to get nutrients out or to perform or to fuel the body. Um, so you want to shift your shift your lens a little bit. And the first is to this is not the time for any sort of diet. So whether you are following some type of uh, keto diet, paleo diet, low carbohydrate, high carbohydrate, intermittent fasting, you wanna, you wanna shift away from that. Um, because all of those things are gonna cause a stress response to the body and you wanna try to minimize the amount of stress, both internal and external you're, you're experiencing when you're trying to support your immune system. So the best approach is uh, eat a wholesome diet of varied foods that are rich in vitamins and minerals. Um, do not restrict calories and do not restrict food groups. Um, the caveat to that is sugar is not really a food group um, and junk food is not really a food group, um, nor is alcohol is not a food group. So if you were to restrict things, you want to use those to, you want to restrict those a little bit um, because those will um, have a negative impact in terms of supporting your immune system. Those are all suppressors of the immune system. But as we talk about food groups, carbohydrates, fats, proteins, you do not want to be limiting those um, in any way. And you want to make sure you're eating enough of them um, to keep your body functioning in the lifestyle you want to have, as well as to support that immune system. Yeah, I think, I think you know, kind of going back to what you were talking about, um, kind of sifting through it, you, you have to look at it like, uh, you know, a lot of people, we want to think about nutrition in this very micro way, like grams of carbohydrates or, or how much fat, how much protein, but um, taking that step back and looking at it like more, more of a, a basic principle based approach to it right now would, I think, I, I agree with you. I, I definitely think that's probably more beneficial for most of us. Um, yeah, exactly. You want to look at this from a much wider lens than this food is good, this food is bad. Um, 
hey, I just read this blog post that blueberries, I'll make this up, blueberries can prevent coronavirus. Get out of that good food, bad food, and take a much wider um, lens and say how much nutrition or how much nutrients can I get out of the food that I'm, that I'm eating? Um, and that's going to be individual. I mean, you're going to have to, a couple questions you're going to want to do. One, the first in our, our minds is to stay healthy. Um, and we always say we eat for health, but now we really have to focus on that. And you cannot eat anything that's going to boost your immune system. It doesn't happen. You can support your immune system by making sure it has a lot of um, vitamins, minerals, and antioxidants. And we'll go into where you can find those foods. And then you have to think about what kind of lifestyle are, are you in if you are being active. And we hope you are all active, either through workouts of the day, if you're going out for um, runs or bike rides or, or anything like that. You want to make sure that you're fueling yourself to support the activity and your immune system. So you're going to need more calories, more calories for that. So when we talk about this and the students get this in their intro fit class and in sophomore nutrition class, um, the macronutrients, these are your big blocks of things. These are, as I teach them, the foods you can see, okay? These are carbohydrates, fats, and proteins. So these are the foods that if you were in the supermarket, you could find and identify a carbohydrate as, a, you know, some bread, some rice, some pasta, some potatoes. You could identify a protein, whether it be from animal sources, meat, chicken, fish, or um, uh, beans and nuts and seeds, etc. And you could identify fats. Micronutrients are your vitamins, your minerals, your antioxidants, um, the various chemicals that are in meats and, and, and plants, uh, like phytochemicals and things like that, that all help keep you um, nourished and help support that immune system that we're, that we're talking about. It's very hard for me to say, go to the supermarket and find vitamin B12 uh, outside of the nutritional supplement aisle. Uh, or go find beta carotene. So those are your micronutrients. And the best way to think of micronutrients and bring them into the food group you can see are identify them as fruits and vegetables. So take the, the macronutrient carbohydrate and sift it from um, grains and starches, one end. We all know what those are, breads, pastas, cereals, rice, um, potatoes, you know, sweet potatoes, et cetera, and then your fruits and vegetables being the micronutrient. They are all carbohydrates, but sometimes it helps visually that you know you're getting your vitamins and minerals, the more fruits and vegetables you can, you can get into that. Um, and also remember what we're looking for here are things that are gonna help support that immune system. Uh, a couple examples, <clears throat> vitamin D is a good supporter of your immune system. Um, vitamin D is found most readily in milk and dairy products. It's fortified with it. Of course, this also works best when it's in conjunction with sunlight, so get outside, and also uh, weight-bearing activities, do the body weight strength workouts of the day. Look at that, little plug for uh, getting outside and strength and conditioning. Yep. Um, the uh, mineral iron is also a supporter of your immune system. Iron is found in a lot of great, good protein sources, whether it's, whether it's in your meats, chicken, um, fish, eggs. It's also in fortified um, grains, like your cereals, in your dark green leafy vegetables. Um, 
for that to work best, you want to pair that with, with vitamin C. Okay. Real easy way to do that. One of my tricks is um, when I can find them in the supermarket, I've been pretty fortunate, lemons or limes. <clears throat> Just sprinkle that on top of um, potatoes, sprinkle it on a salad. Um, if I'm making a, a beef chili, I'll sprinkle it on that. Again, raises up and helps fortify um, or helps you absorb that iron. And Doug, that can iron I just jump better. Sure. I'm sorry to jump in here. I just want to kind of circle back to vitamin D too real fast because uh, like you said, it's, it's a really important supporter of the immune system. And by and large, I, I was reading an article the other day, I think 48% of Americans are, are deficient in vitamin D, which I think I think that's that's a really, really kind of important highlight. I just wanted to highlight that real fast. Yeah, and I don't want to get I don't want to get too technical here either, but vitamin D also helps with our calcium absorption in our body. Um, so at a time when we might not be using our bodies as much as we normally are, um, we need to think about things like the potential for calcium deficiencies or our bone responses to, to stressors um, where you know people who might be calcium deficient, osteoporosis, for example, um, or in any other way, um, how are we going to be able to, to continue to get some of that calcium absorption? And vitamin D plays a big role in that, in that as well. So getting outside and finding those um, natural and fortified items are, are definitely going to play a big role in all of this. Yeah. Um, but I also want to point out now is not also the time to go running to the vitamin supplement aisle and buying all these individual vitamins, whether it be vitamin C, vitamin um, D, zinc, um, iron, all these things that in their parts help support the immune system, but they also have to work in conjunction with one another. So unless um, you've had a nutrition workup panel where you're deficient on one to supplement it, I would suggest just looking for foods that have these in it. Um, and we can get into more detail on that. I could send a, a list of foods out that would, you know, kind of branch off into those. But your best way of finding that is as much fruits and vegetables as you can find, um, whether it be frozen, fresh, canned, or dried, they're all going to have some elements of those um those vitamins and minerals that, that, we're, that we're looking for. Um, another interesting one that I just uh, learned about the other day is probiotics. Um, now we can find these readily available in yogurt um, and stuff like that. But one of the advantages to that is there's been a link to probiotics and reducing the severity of respiratory infections. Um, the thing I, I read this about were, um, uh, I think it was uh, Eng English, British, athletes are given a regimen of eight to 12 weeks of probiotics before going to international competition to reduce their chances of getting a respiratory illness when they're um, competing in other countries. Now, by no means is this saying this is going to be your, hey, I'm going to do this and I'm not going to suffer from a respiratory illness or, or COVID-19 or anything. But it is another plug for, again, if you, if you can tolerate yogurt and you can eat yogurt and there's probiotics in it, again, it's a supports your immune system to help you fight off yet another type of um, uh, infection. Right. Now, one of, the, uh, one of the big themes that we've been discussing in all of our episodes so far has been that we're, we're kind of in an all new situation that is new to all of us. Um, so we're in the process of establishing a lot of our new routines. And I think a new eating routine, um, maybe a cooking routine for people who aren't used to cooking for themselves also uh, are, are part of this. And we're not obviously going to be talking about how to cook your food right now, um, but it is about establishing new routines. And you might just have to 
accept the fact that you might be eating differently than you normally do. You might not be able to find those foods that you normally lean on, um, but that there are still options out there to be able to hit all of these, uh, to hit all the food groups and, and keep that balance in your diet right now, even though you might not get the things that you normally get. Uh, for example, the ability to get fresh vegetables, fresh produce versus canned or frozen. Um, you might lean toward one one way of doing it normally, but there are other options out there for how to find uh, these items and find these nutrients when you may not think that they're there because they're not there in the way that you would normally find them. Right. I mean, and one of the things you want to do is get as much knowledge as you can um, before you do your, your grocery shop. And what I mean by that is there are resources out there if you're not one who, who cooks a lot. Um, there's a cookbook. I recommended this a couple of years ago to a couple of our, our students and our student athletes. It's geared towards um, athletes and, and runners. Uh, I'm going to get the title off, but if you get all these words, and I'm sure you can find it on Amazon. Um, cook fast, run fast, eat slow. Okay, so the book, that book was written um, by the nutritionist as well as um, a New York marathon winner. Um, and so an elite distance runner. And the, I've been leaning to that book because a lot of the recipes in it are, have very basic ingredients. But, and I've been able to find most of the ingredients of most of the recipes, even during these times. So it might give you some ideas on how to make meal prep um, um, and how to do that, how to make it a little bit easier so that you're knowing, you can know kind of what you're doing. And it's written with the lens of getting all the vitamins and minerals to support your immune system without even knowing it for, you know, right now in COVID-19, but distance runners and distance athletes are known to have a suppressed immune system. So you can get a lot of good tips out of resources like that. That book is one of them. The other thing you can do is um, uh, I've been going on foodnetwork.com and just in my free time typing in, okay, chicken legs and seeing what comes up and like, oh, how many different ways can I make this or that to get your your, your mind working a little bit to kind of solve a problem or in a situation where it's problem solving. Yeah, the solving, the problem is we don't have access to as much food uh, that we're accustomed to. And what I mean by that is you might be going out once a week or once every two weeks, as opposed to, you know, two or three days a week, you're grabbing lunch on the go at a Chipotle or a Panera, or you're going out to eat with your family. All those are kind of really limited. So you're left to your own devices to provide three meals a day, um, which becomes a challenge in finding different ways of, of eating and finding food and being resourceful is going to be a part of it. I'm sure we're going to talk about this in the, in the next section where this is all great, but where do I find this? Like, where do, where do I get food? I was actually just about to, to to reference that because when you mentioned chicken legs, I'm like, I I went to the grocery store the other day specifically looking for those. I can't get my hands on them right now. Yeah, I mean, the trick of that is um, I'm a big proponent of make a food list, make a shopping list, uh, but be flexible with it. And I say that for a couple of reasons. One, it's always better to shop with a food list, but getting away from that Let's just think of, we also want to minimize our exposure while we're out. So having some type of guidance is, is important. Um, so really go over things that you need, 
have a list, but be fluid with that list. Like you might be looking for chicken legs. Just be happy if you get chicken and then figure it out, you know, figure it out later, um, so to speak. We have gotten um, into a routine uh, prior to this of anything we wanted, we've been able to get. And that's, that, that was our reality for a long time. That's not the case now. Um, so we're gonna have to think a little bit outside the box when we're, when we're entering either a grocery store or food delivery. Um, I know we talked yesterday about, uh, Steve, I think it was you who brought it up. Your daughter's school has now a catering, yeah, uh, which is daughter. funny because I got an email today from my daughter's school, um, which says, Hey, we can do, you know, produce delivery and, and things like that. Um, looking into as this, you know, progresses into the summer, maybe talking to a local farm and getting a part of a crop share um, where you can get produce delivered. Again, the benefit of it is you will have produce showing up on a regular basis. The downside of it is you may not know what you're going to get. So you may have to have resources for, you know, how do I cook this or that, or I may not like this or that and, and, and working around that. But, um, yeah, I think knowing some of our outside the box resources too, aside from the supermarkets, um, yeah, like you mentioned, uh, the catering company that does uh, hot lunch at my girl's school um, are doing kind of a grocery delivery thing right now since they can't do a whole lot of other business. And that's been working out great for me to limit my exposure and trying to get some food delivered to my house. But again, even with them, I don't know what I'm necessarily getting all the time when I get that food delivered. So I'm looking for, um, for what ways, how can I be flexible? Um, if you're part of a crop share, that's great. Um, if you have a local farm stand from a local farm, a lot of them are still operating, at least for, for certain items, um, maybe meats, maybe eggs. Um, and I know we talked yesterday a little bit about how our, our uh, eggs are going to be a huge source of, of nutrition for us, um, but knowing a little bit outside the box. And it's also good to know that there are some resources out there, um, websites like supercook.com, where you can um, actually add the ingredients that you have to a list and it gives you recipes that include those ingredients. So you can actually give them the idea of what, what you have available to you and then they can give you some recipes. So it's, if you're, if you're less creative and thinking and want someone to do that, some of that thinking for you, uh, that might be an easy way to get that done also. Yeah. I mean, so much of this is um, having confidence and meal prep is not an easy thing. It's not a, an innate thing to many people. Um, but the more things you can do that will give you confidence in preparing foods and prepping foods, um, the better. Um, that'll just help you when you can see the supermarket or you're getting food in a wider array of options for you. Um, so when we talk about the supermarket, how, yeah. how do we go about navigating the supermarket right now? Which aisles should I be looking down? Okay. Um, which, uh, what food should I be looking for when I'm there? How do I want to fill my cart with my, with my flexible shopping? Okay. The, the same basic premise for supermarkets uh, applies. Around the perimeter is where more of your wholesome um, foods, rich in vitamins, rich in minerals, high protein, those are your, your high nutrition foods. That hasn't changed. What has changed is when you approach these areas. So let's just take when you go into um, most supermarkets, you might want to head for the you know cleaning aisle first or the toilet paper or paper towel aisle. But then once you get away from that, let's start with um, fruits and vegetables. Now, fruits and vegetables, this is your greatest source 
of your, your nutrition. Start looking for foods that you know can keep the longest. And this is going to be your root vegetables. This is going to be potatoes, sweet potatoes or yams, um, carrots, beets, turnips, parsnips, uh, even celery. Uh, they keep two, I have cauliflower. Um, they keep a while in your fridge. I mean, I've had, um, you know, two and a half weeks, depending. You're, you're, you're good there. Asparagus keeps a long time. Um, Brussels sprouts keep a long time. So if you can fill your cart with those, you can have this sense of, you can put your mind at ease a little bit that you are going to have highly nutritious foods that are not going to be bad in like three days. Take a food like raspberries, blackberries, blueberries, strawberries, their shelf life is pretty short. So it's almost like a race against the clock. When you get those, you have to eat those a little bit quicker. Or what you can do is if you come across and you can buy those and they're available, buy a couple of um, containers and make your own frozen food. You know, put them in freezer type bags and, and freeze them for later use if you're not going to use them right away. Um, onions, garlic, uh, those type of things. Then look for your next tier, foods that are going to be moderate, that can last you probably a week. Um, bananas, uh, apples, pears. Um, peppers um, would all be good sources um, that will last you probably 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 a week or so. And then your um, foods that go bad pretty quickly: berries, um, lettuces, um, things like that. And when you fill your cart and you and you do that, the next step with that section is when you get home. What I like to do is I like to organize my fridge and put the things that are going to go bad quicker first. And then you eat your way from the door to the back, you know, you know, so to speak, just setting yourself up for that because you know that's going to be a reality. I know I, I organize and I plan. For, I get it. Uh, that's that's just me. Um, that may not be everybody, but it is. But it is a, is a trick. Um, the next thing you want to go for if you're following the perimeter, let's start looking for protein sources. And we're going to talk um, uh, animal proteins first. Now, there are restrictions on how much you can buy, and it's really important you abide by those restrictions. So looking at chicken, so let's say where I am, you can only buy two packets of chicken. I always look for the two larger packets, because a packet's a packet. So if I can buy a whole chicken cut up, I will get more chicken out of that than if I buy a packet of just chicken breast. So learning how to... Um, Cut those into smaller pieces. If you don't like the skin on, learning how to take the skin off or taking the bones out. Um, YouTube is wonderful. That can teach you, you know, how to do that. But again, getting the most for that is going to be helpful. And maybe expanding out into other options. Um, if there's pork, if you eat pork, or if there's turkey or, um, you know, beef, et cetera, things like that. But again, with that, also check the expiration date. I always have like a, a, a clock in my head when I'm doing this. I try to find foods that's gonna give me at least two weeks. Um, a little food shopping uh, tidbit that I learned when I was younger working in a supermarket is food gets delivered to the supermarket every day. And a lot of it sits in the back in their coolers and their refrigerators. And then it's brought out with like a week or so left on its um, sell-by date. That's not happening now because we're in a bit of a food shortage. So as soon as the food is hitting the supermarket, it's coming on the shelves. 
So this may change as the, the meat production changes a little bit. I just read an article where some of those plants are, are shutting down because of this. But right now you're seeing like um, lean ground meat with an expiration date two, two and a half weeks away from when you're buying it. That's a big, that's gonna be a big key for you because that can sit in your fridge for two weeks before you have to worry about freezing it. So do your shopping and if you're not gonna eat it, freeze it. Um, that's gonna buy you some more time, some more time later on. Um, still talking about proteins, um, eggs. <clears throat> um, where I am, you can buy two dozen. Um, I suggest you buy the limit of eggs. There's not a more versatile source of protein than, than an egg. You can have it for any meal of the day. You can cook it a multiple, multiple ways. Um, it is very high in vitamins, uh, protein, uh, your essential fats. So there's a good, a good tip there. Uh, grab eggs. Um, the dairy section, um, my family's big milk drinkers. So we try to find, um, milk. We'll go double up on that yogurt you know, et cetera, for things like that. And then in the center of the aisle, this is not exactly how you would shop. So I'm just kind of going macronutrient um, finding foods, your canned proteins, tuna fish. Um, I know you guys are going to laugh at me, but I found a new use or a new love for like sardines and things like that. Other types of, I know no one likes it, but I tell you, I can make a really good Mediterranean pizza. I can, <laughs> if I could invite you guys over, I could do it, but well, you know I'll what? Up on I that when we get back to the office. I, yeah, yeah. Ditch that habit before you're back in the workplace. Um, <laughs> but I think it's worth I think it's worth noting that though, as as another piece of all of this, which we've talked about again in a, a couple of our other episodes, which are what opportunities exist right now, um, not only for problem solving, but maybe discovering some new things. Whether that be trying to figure out new ways to fill your time while you're sitting at home, um, maybe discovering the fact that you can cook and you never thought you could. Um, or maybe even trying new foods that you've never tried before and discovering that you like them. So, you know, these opportunities for us in in this situation do exist for us to maybe branch out and still be able to find some things that we wouldn't have found otherwise. Absolutely. And then um, while you're in the center, um, your carbohydrates, rice. Um, rice has been harder for me to find, um, but what's been easier for me to find is risotto rice for some reason. So I've been getting that. It's like a pasta rice combo. It's a good, a good carbohydrate. Um, the pasta aisle. Um, I suggest always buying two or three pounds of that whenever you're at the store. Um, it, go, it stays for a long time. You could be eating this well after we're out of this uh, isolation phase. Um, same with tomato sauce. If you can learn how to make your own, fantastic. If not, jarred sauce is, is perfectly fine. Um, if you can find it, always grab a couple of cans of beans because um, that makes a very versatile protein, uh, a vegetarian style protein dish, also high in fiber and a good source of carbohydrate. Um, peanut butter, almond butter, uh, cashew butter, any one of those butters um, would be good to have. This is just my style of going. If I don't need it, I still grab at least one. So there's always one available because there are going to be times when, there, when it's not going to be available. So thinking around, uh, you know, those, um, those parameters is also helpful. So think of now and also think of later and using foods that are not going to go bad, like peanut butter. I'm sure it goes bad at some point. I've never seen one go bad. Um, yeah, it never lasts long enough to actually go bad, at least in my yeah. house. Yeah. Um, I mean, 
I mean, me either, but. I mean, I think it's worth noting though that, and you had mentioned this earlier about limiting our exposure, which means that we're going out less. So the more you can get in one shopping trip and hitting those limits and bringing it home, looking at your expiration dates, freezing things that need to be frozen, produce that might go bad. If you can freeze it, put that in the freezer, figure out other ways to use it even frozen, like making smoothies, for example. Um, other ways that we can use some foods when they are frozen or then thought out, but how do we limit our exposure by going out less and big and building those bigger shopping trips uh, instead of doing everything in, in shorter bursts like we're used to doing? Yeah, I mean, one way to do it, and this is just, um, you know, a trick that I like to use is I plan out what I'm going to make for the week. You know, I have a, uh, a, a unique household where, you know, I'm living with my partner and her daughter, my two kids or over. So it's, it varies the, anywhere from feeding two to five people on any given day. So looking at those, at those parameters, I'll map out who's going to be with me and who am I feeding and then make those meals, at least in my head. Then I know the quantity. And if there's leftovers, don't be afraid of leftovers. You know, I know a lot of people don't like eating leftovers. Well, we're in a situation where we might just have to, you know, you know, get over that. Um, I know this past Sunday was a holiday. I made, you know, ham and macaroni and cheese, you know, 12 pounds of ham for three people. We're eating that for a long time. You know, that's just, you know, just what it is. Um, so just be mindful of all that and, yeah, two two other quick points here. Um, one is more of a disclaimer uh, on on all of this, which is uh, we understand that there are people who do have food allergies um, and food restrictions. Uh, so when we say you know not to restrict food from your diet, we do realize that there are some people out there who have to. Um, but when we're talking about not restricting food, that we are talking about not choosing to do so right now. Um, if the other option is there. So we, we are mindful of the fact that that there are more difficult situations. And again, it's about being creative and thinking outside the box to even navigate that part of it too. Um, the other thing is uh, hydration. Um, and I think that gets lost in the, I think that gets lost in the mix here a little bit um, for people who are just staying at home. I know I tend to drink a little bit less water if I'm at home on the weekends, um, but I think it's just as important for us to do that now. Obviously, we need a certain amount um, just in our diet regularly. And when I say hydration, I do mean water, um, not not just any drink that you have laying around. So water, obviously, is the it's the drink of choice. We want to make sure we're still getting enough of that in our day, um, even when we have ac regular access to whatever's in our refrigerator. Um, so we want to make sure that we're still doing that. It's easy to ignore it when we're not as active as we are. We may not be getting as thirsty in our day when we're when we're less mobile, um, but it is important to make sure we stay on top of that for uh, for a lot of reasons. One of which is the absorption of a lot of these nutrients that we're talking about. Without water, we sometimes don't actually utilize as much of of what we're actually uh, ingesting. Yeah, on, just on that point again, you can um, one of the things we teach the IntroFit class is on us with a snack, <clears throat> drink eight ounces of water, so one glass. And with a meal, drink two. So if you just keep that basic in mind that every time you eat something, you should be drinking something, um, that'll, that'll go a long way in staying at least a baseline of hydration. And also after you do your workouts, make sure you're hydrating well um, after. I would drink more than you think you need um, after your workout. You're probably a little more dehydrated than you think. Yeah, for sure. All right, well, a lot of information today. Um, 
we, uh, we hope you guys can take a little bit of something out of this, a lot of tips and tricks in here as well. Um, Doug will certainly share his sardine recipes with you if anybody wants them. Um, just reach out to him, but obviously reach out to us <laughs> any questions or concerns you guys may have along the way on this topic or anything else. Um, keep listening, be well, eat well, um, and we will see you guys on the next episode. Doug, thanks for joining us today. No, thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate it. All right. Take it easy, guys. All right. See you. Fight on three. Fight on three. One, two, three. Fight!